Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're here at the Neil Haley Show, and I'm here with my co-host and caregiver Dave Nassani, the caregiver Dave celebrity segment. I know you're excited about our guest. I got to chat with I her am. once when her book came out about her and her husband. It was a radio tour maybe five, four years ago, but never got the pleasure of seeing her in person. So introduce our guest. Oh my well, God. How do you introduce Suzanne Summers? Everybody knows her from men to women to young boys. She was Chrissy Snow on Three's Company when they fired her unreasonably because she wasn't yeah. making as much as a man. <laughs> she went on to her new career after a tiny little bit of a depression and she was a Vegas hit. I think Frank Sinatra was a number one man in Vegas. Guess who was number two? <laughs> Suzanne Summers. She's reading a gazillion books and she's here on the show with us today. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so happy to be here and, um, to talk to you again, and Neil, nice to talk to you. And um, I just want to say one thing, Frank Sinatra. Yes. He called me baby. <laughs> he used to wow. say, uh, I'd walk in the room and he'd go, hello, baby. And um, I'm sorry, Alan, it gave me a little chill <laughs> up my spine. <laughs> And I actually said it wrong. I said Frank Sinatra was the number one entertainer. You were number two. No, no, no. He was the number one male entertainer yes. in Las Vegas. You were the number one female entertainer in Las Vegas. Lucky me. You know, Lucky out of very you. negative comes a, a positive. After I was fired, as you just uh, yeah. mentioned, my contract was up. You had to renegotiate. But, but Laverne and Shirley had just um, renegotiated their contract, and they gave ABC a colonic. And they decided that um, they had to put a stop to that. So I was the next one <laughs> to come in. Actually, my husband got a call the night before um, from a, a guy way high up in the uh, CFO office. And he said, you didn't hear this from me, but they're going to hang a nun in the marketplace and it's going to be Suzanne. And that's what, that's what they did. But out of every negative comes a positive. I never would have written all these books. I've written 27 books. I, I would not have said to my husband, you know, I'd like to do a nightclub act in Las Vegas, to which he said, can you sing? I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there I, I went on and gosh, there is nothing more fun than being a Vegas headliner. Wow, wow. And because there was this curiosity because Chrissy Snow from Three's Company was cut short for people. They wanted to see more of her. So they came and they came and they came in droves. And we sold out two shows a night, every night for years and years. And it was just wonderful. So, you know, and thinking about that, Suzanne, I think that I remember hearing the story because you talked about your husband and you in the book that you, you kind of gave us a short part of that story is the fact that, you know, that you had that process to say, I'm going to even overcome this. It was a yeah. tough. It was a tough hit for you, but then imagine that what you've done, which I'm the most impressed with, is your entrepreneurship, the ability that you have taken not just that Vegas brand and the show brand to making the most gigantic brand. From your knowledge, your ability to be an entrepreneur, so from actress to entrepreneur, kind of tell that process of how you said, "I just want more." It just seems like that's who you are. You talked about the <laughs> pandemic; it's not hurt me. I have figured out a way to evolve and now I see it's more important for me to work on what I'm doing and building, you know, all these new products and continue to be out there all the time. So tell us about that. Yeah. Well, um, uh, I got cancer and that became this veiled gift. And I thought, what have I done in my diet and lifestyle to play host to this terrible disease? And then I realized 
a lot of stress. I had a lot of stress as a kid. Uh, I grew up, I've written several books about uh, being a child of a violent alcoholic. We used to, we had a closet to hide in at night. Imagine my brother and, and my brothers, my one brother died. Uh, my, my two brothers and my sister and I, my mother would say, get in the closet, get in the closet, get in the closet. And that meant he was really violent. We'd have to go in. And my brother had rigged a lock on the inside. And that's what I accepted as normal growing up. That's so not normal. And I was never depressed as a child, but I had a lot of fear. I think fear manifests. And when you go, like, how did I get cancer? I remember talking to a medium after I was diagnosed. Barry Manilow told me about this medium that he goes to. And I thought, all right. And he said, I didn't say anything to this medium. And he said, as a child, you couldn't handle it. So you entombed it. And that took the form of this tumor. But what it did for me was I changed my life. I changed the way I ate. I switched only to, because I didn't want chemotherapy, so I turned that down. Which you haven't lived until you are lying in bed one night and watching the Larry King show, who I, hats off to Larry King. So many of my bestsellers are because of him. But he's got this guy on, Andrew Weil. You probably interviewed him. And Andrew Weil and Larry uh, are discussing my cancer and the fact that I didn't take chemical poison. And Andrew Weil said, well, she's going to die. Imagine lying in bed going, no, I'm not. <laughs> so I wrote Andrew Weil and I said, you know, you got some nerve. You've never seen my, my medical records. And I said, for someone who wrote your thesis on the hallucinogenic properties of nutmeg, I think that you might be a little more open-minded <laughs> about the fact that I'm going to eat organic food and I'm going to value sleep and I'm just, I'm going to change my life completely. So I did. And then when I beat it, I started writing books about health because I was very interested in health. Well, and then I started realizing, why is cancer such an epidemic? It's an epidemic. They don't want to say it, but it is. They don't have a cure. Nobody goes, I have cancer. I'll just have a few rounds of chemo and everything will be okay. We know that's not so. So I thought, where's it coming from? Well, you start connecting dots. Uh, we're under the greatest environmental assault in the history of humanity. And so the toxic buildup or toxic burden in each of our bodies needs to be detoxed out, uh, not chemically poisoned out. That doesn't solve anything. So I thought, where, where are the chemicals coming from? Well, it comes from the air we breathe, from the food we eat, and what we put on our skin. And if you look at your skin under a microscope, what we know is pores actually look like big holes under a microscope. And now I have the visual of putting uh, chemical creams, expensive chemical creams, you know, uh, these fancy brands that you get on the first floor of, of the fancy department stores, which are, by the way, are all closing now. You put <laughs> that over, <laughs> where's that gonna go in those big holes? Well, it's gonna drop in, right? It's gonna get into your bloodstream. Then where's it gonna go? Well, it's going to rampage in your bloodstream. It's first gotta go through and then go through the GI tract. And so the chemicals get in the stomach, and then they eat through the barrier lining of your GI tract, causing leaks. You've heard of leaky gut? Leaky That's gut. what leaky, leaky gut is. It's like the chemicals eating through the barrier tract, the barrier wall. The barrier wall is your immune system. I love talking about this. The immune system is the <laughs> length of a, of a tennis court, and if you can visualize the length of a tennis court and then wrap like a rope, like wrap mucus all the way around that. I know, ew, but that mucus <laughs> is our immune system. We make antiviral, antibacterial, bacterial, anti-cancer. We make interferon. And so if you got chemicals eating through that immune system, now you've lowered your immune system. You've got chemicals in your bloodstream. And what do chemicals like best? They like fatty organs and glands. The one they like the best is the brain. That's the fattiest of them all, 65% fat. So if they can bypass and get right up to your brain, they like it. So is it no wonder that our children now have ADD? Initials I didn't hear about when I was a kid. Uh -huh. ADD, ADHD, OCD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, dementia, Alzheimer's, et cetera. It goes on and on and on. And so that's that like turned me on like, wow, if we could backpedal. Mm -hmm. and rethink this whole thing. What if what you put on your skin, I'm getting to the entrepreneurship now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't lose my train of thought. Um, 
what if what you put on your skin was good for you? What if, what if it was loaded with needed uh, nu nutrition and minerals and organic, you know, olive-based and things like that? And so that's how I got into the Suzanne organic skincare business. I found a formulator who was as passionate as I was, and it's all made in the United States. We're really proud of that. And then it just evolved into, well, we're going to do skincare. Might as well do hair care. Huh. We do hair care. We might as well do makeup. We do makeup. <laughs> We might as well do household, you know, non-toxic uh, cleansers. So that's how I have over a thousand products now. And there are people who can't live without them because mine is so clean and so pure. So uh, never looked, never look a negative in the face of a, not being a gift horse. Every negative you, right. you can see on the other side that where's the opportunity in this? Where, how can I learn and grow yes. spiritually, health-wise, or, or uh, physically. So that's how it began. Um, but now the most fun, I started drinking tequila. <laughs> I, I had an alcoholic father, so I never drank hard liquor. Mm -hmm. But when our house burned down in Malibu, because if you live in Malibu, your house will burn down at some point. Yeah. And, um, and, and so you get, you know, I've had two houses there. You just get used to it. And uh, the second house we moved into was a leased house because I figured I'd be able to rebuild my house real fast with a sympathy vote from the city. Yeah, no, right. no. <laughs> and um, uh, I didn't know that this leased house, this beautiful house was loaded with black mold. I said to Alan, our house is like a beautiful woman with syphilis. You can have her. But you'll pay. <laughs> so that house was loaded with stocky bones, <laughs> the worst kind of, of black mold. I got it in my GI tract. My husband got it in the base of his brain, the cerebellum, in the central nervous system. Oh and uh, the good news is I wrote a book about it called Toxic, and it was a bestseller. Yeah. Um, but that was when I really started understanding the full effect of toxicity, mold being another toxin. In fact, the mold uh, organism is the same as a cancer organism. So if you're living in a house with mold, take it very seriously. Uh, there's no quick answer. There's no drug answer. But I interviewed the best and the brightest in this country. And I think Toxic um, is one of my best books, along with A New Way to Age, says the entrepreneur. Mm. But um, this is what I do for a living. And had I not been fired... From Three's company, would any of this happen? Would I have no. been speaking in front of you at Harvard? No. So it all was as it was supposed to be. Wow. Well, to be on a phone call uh, with an interview with your uh, husband about the entrepreneurship. There wouldn't have been the book. There wouldn't have been about his what he went through and and dealing with challenges. So all that would never have happened. That's for sure. Now, Dave, right. go ahead with the next question. I know you have a laundry list of questions. time. <laughs> And it's I so Suzanne's taking that much time for us. Um, her calendar is probably filled to the brim just like mine. So Alan, Alan is a big part of all of this. I mean, maybe this all wouldn't have happened without Alan, right? Uh, I remember at Harvard, you told the story about um, how he was, uh, you heard something up on the hill and he was going to be the big macho guy and save you. And he ran <laughs> up the hill and he ran down the hill. He scared whoever it was away. And then he, he jumped you know, this, this big Superman leap. Tell that story and t tell us how you met Alan. Well, my husband, for starters, has a conceal and carry permit because we live on a large piece <laughs> And it's our Second Amendment, right? And Amen. Uh, we were, it, it was, uh, I think it was Easter Sunday, and we walked down to our organic vegetable garden, <laughs> this beautiful walk. And we're walking back, and I've got a basket full of cauliflower and broccoli, and I can't wait for the meal we're going to make. <laughs> and I see right up on the hill here, there's a guy. And um, he knows he's not in the right place because our kitchen is right there, and there he was. So Alan goes around, takes me, goes around the back way, goes and gets his, um, you know what, his piece, <laughs> and puts on his jack boots and and a, and a baseball hat and dark glasses and walks up the hill, 83 years old. But he's, you know, he's like not a normal 83 years old because he's, <laughs> I've taken such good care of him. So I'm watching from the porch right from where I am right now. And I've got the camera going just in case I need any visual proof. And I see the guy do this. But Alan never pulled it on him. 
I just see the guy, what he was really saying was, I didn't realize, I didn't realize, I didn't realize. So then I see the guy walking over the hill and Alan looks at me like, I know, I may be 83, but I'm pretty bitch and cool. <laughs> and um, now I'm looking at it right now, you can't see it, but we have a golf cart uh, path that goes up to our kitchen. And there's a six foot wall there and he's showing off for his wife. He just scared away an intruder with the <laughs> baseball hat and the wraparound sunglasses. And I see him do this and then I see him jump. And, and what I saw was slow motion in my mind. I'm going, <laughs> no, no. He jumps and it went very badly. I ran over there and he was like a dead deer lying in the golf cart path. And so I said, uh, uh, I'm gonna go get the golf cart. And he goes, do you know how to, drive it I went no but I'll learn by the way it's not hard I get the golf cart down to him and he's dead weight he can't lift himself and you know in crisis uh, there's a substance we all make called cortisol and like how a mother can lift a car off her, her baby who's just been run over I somehow got his how much do you weigh Alan uh, 180 his 180 pounds into the golf cart. I took him down to the bottom of the hill. I said, I'm calling 911. That's when cops used to come. And um, I said, uh, he said, no. I said, what do you mean no? He said, it's Easter Sunday. I'm gonna get the F team, F as in front. And I went, you have to go to the hospital. He goes, no. So I, when he says no, he means no. And, um, uh, I wonder if you remember that when you were dating, when you were a kid, Alan, no means no. <laughs> and so uh, now I have to get him. We've got a little cart that goes up the hill on the other side because the golf cart only goes down, it doesn't go up. So now I got to get him over there and drag him into the little cart that goes up the hill. I get him up there at the top. I get him and I, I get him to the guest room. I lie him down on the bed there and I thought, what am I gonna do? So I thought a bath would feel good. So I filled the bathtub with hot water, got him into the bathtub and he's lying there and uh, until the water sort of cooled off, it's now like 5.30 in the evening. And I said, so what do you wanna do? You wanna like lie in this lukewarm water the rest of the night? And he said, I wanna go to my own bed. I went, of course you do. So now I gotta get him out of the bathtub, I gotta get him up the hill. I drape him around my neck. I get him in bed upstairs. So he's wincing all night long. And in the morning, I call this doctor, uh, Darrow, a sports, sports doctor that I've interviewed in a couple of my books. In fact, he's in this book, The New Way to Age. And I get a sentence or two into it. He goes, stop. He said, you're in danger. He said, he could clot and have a stroke and die. Oh, no. Oh, my God. He said, call 911. So now it's not Easter Sunday, so maybe I'll get the... C team. So I called 911. You know, when you live in a small town, this is Palm Springs. They were there within five minutes, and I'm not exaggerating. Suddenly in the bedroom were policemen, firemen, and I love, you know, I come from cops and firemen. I just, I always feel great around cops and firemen. And they, they just took over and took care. And that's when I fell apart. And we get in the, they get them down the hill and they get them in the ambulance. And in the ambulance, I'm saying how I, had to carry him up. They go, you did? I said, yeah. <laughs> and so he had dislocated his hip and um, he felt rather stupid about it, but he got to show off for me. Yeah. Was it worth it, Al? <laughs> it was Hell absolutely yeah. worth it. Hell yeah. Anytime we can do those things. And yeah, Dave, yeah, I Dave, love men. I love men. So Dave, but, I think that you probably told the story before, but I think that you have one more question for Suzanne before the caregiver question. Yeah, uh, you left out a good part, though, uh, what oh. the doctor said about his bones. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That um, We're not talking about boners, by the way. We're no, talking no, about no. <laughs> bone density that yeah. he had, um, uh, the bone density of a young man. And I, I think it's because of the way we take care of ourselves. I give him calcium every day, but, you know, you can't just take calcium. You take calcium. Calcium wants to go into the arteries you know, calcium deposits and heart doctors always say, you know, you don't want calcium in your arteries. Uh, but if you take calcium along with vitamin K, vitamin K 
uh, works like a traffic cop. So they always say vitamin K is good for your heart. What it's really good for is it tells the calcium that's trying to go into the uh, soft tissues, the arteries, no, 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 you gotta go in the bones. And the vitamin K redirects the calcium into the bones. And I've been giving him that for years. And so he had these uh, strong bones and um, he healed really quickly. Is that the story you wanted me to tell? That is the one. Thank you. Okay. Because yeah. I I broke a couple of bones and I want that as well. So yeah. we'll, we'll Yeah, well talk about remember that. when you take calcium, take vitamin K. And then also another really important um, supplement to take, especially with this pandemic. They say one of the most important things you can take is vitamin D three and zinc. And mm -hmm. um, I always have given him zinc, but vitamin D three, I for me, I have uh, quadrupled mine and doubled his. But if you want vitamin D3 to really work, you also need to take K and magnesium for mm. kind of the same reason. So yeah. these are little things that are in this book, but this book is filled with stuff like that. I find it fascinating that. All right. So if we don't have to take pharmaceutical drugs, which I'm not against. Right. When you need them, you need them. They're a godsend. And I actually fractured my hip earlier this year. Whoa. So when you need them, you need them. But if you don't have to take them, if you can take a more natural uh, route, uh, wouldn't you rather? Because yeah. uh, pharmaceuticals are a foreign molecule in the body. When it gets a foreign molecule, it goes, yeah. what's this? Right. So I love so, what I do. All right, so as, as you know, I'm a caregiver. I, I gave you my two books uh, when yeah, we were at Harvard. Yeah. I've been yes. caring for my wife uh, 23 years now. We went through a grief process when she lost her speech and became paralyzed. Uh, we almost yeah. split up. It was hell on earth. But we hung in there and she uh, came around. She reinvented herself. Now I travel all over the country speaking on television, stages, etc. Meet wonderful people like you. And my question uh, in my book and on my website, caregiverdave.com, we talk about if you're not a caregiver, you know, don't just tune me out. You're either going to become one or you're going to need yeah. one. Those are your yeah. options. Now's the time to learn how to do it. Uh, how has caregiving, this may seem like a dumb question, how has caregiving affected your life? Well, I know that Alan was very grateful. I, I would have done anything for him, anything. But uh, I can only speak from my own perspective right now. Um, having had this fractured hip, I, you know, somebody says you fractured your hip, you go, oh, okay. Right, that's the end. It doesn't sound very bad. It's, no. It would be better to break your hip and have a hip replacement. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't allowed to move for four months. And during that time, Alan had to do everything. And I mean, everything. I couldn't get in or out of bed. So just, wow. you know, visualize that. Oh and you know what that did? That, I love Alan Hamill. I loved him <laughs> the day I met him. 50 years ago, I, 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 I think if there's something to past lives, we were together before, because the day I looked at it was like going in the uh, comic books that we used to use, used to read. But his tenderness and his caring oh. and his loving way with me has brought us to a new other level. And what I realized, the gift of aging, is that if you're lucky enough to love and be loved, love grows. Yeah. And I, I sometimes, I burst with joy when he walks in the room because he's so good to me. And whenever I say thank you for the way you've taken care of me, he always says it's my honor. And I'm sure you feel the same way, right? Yeah, absolutely. My honor and my privilege. That's... And you're right. If you haven't been a caretaker, you will be. Yeah. And with the way, do you want to go in a nursing home? No. <laughs> no, no, no. No. no not, nine not out of 10 of them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my cat book. in. Yeah. Now no. buy your latest book. So uh, where can we get it, Suzanne and stuff? Where, where can we you can get it at SuzanneSummers.com. And while you're there, you might want to get some of that organic skincare. Or you can go to Amazon or bookstores. <clears throat> but I go to the website um, and I, I would... I, I just look through the stuff. There are a thousand products. There's going to be something there. You go, oh, that's interesting. And we have, you don't like it, send it back. We even take it if you've used the whole jar. We don't care. Um, what I was saying about tequila, because of the mold, that's why I brought up the mold and the house burning, not so you go, oh, you poor thing. 
uh, I couldn't drink wine anymore. And that's the like socially acceptable oh drink God. for females to drink. <laughs> and I, 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 when I was writing other books, I was noticing that women my age get puffy faces yeah. and kind of puffy upper body and puffy arms and their bodies get puffy. Well, that's from all that sugar and that wine and all that yeast. But now I can't have it because yeast and sugar is a happy meal for mold. And I had a stomach <laughs> for mold. So wow. my kids said, drink tequila. I said, no, 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 I don't drink hard liquor. They said, mm, I like it. So I tried it. I like it. So now every Tuesday night and every Friday night, uh, we have America's biggest virtual cocktail party. Bring your own tequila. Bring your own salty appetizers. And ask questions and Alan and I sit there and we get a little high on our tequila and what I have found is people love it because um, I think loneliness is part of this pandemic yeah, and yeah. if you can nobody likes to drink alone that's sort of pathetic <laughs> to drink alone but if you can have a tequila with Suzanne and Alan that's kind of fun Worth it. and as you get a little high on your first five sips so are we and it gets kind of funny, kind of that Alan becomes kind of a bad boy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's fun. So I'm uh, in. How do we get there? Yeah. To, uh, tomorrow night, uh, you go to my Facebook page. Oh, is it tonight? Oh, right. Tonight. Tonight. SuzanneSummers.com. Yeah. Or Facebook, uh, Suzanne Summers Facebook. I should know that better. Facebook Live, Suzanne Summers. Ah, okay. Awesome. Something like that. Anyway, that'll be tonight at five o'clock California time, and bring your own tequila. Out. You're going to have fun. I swear to God, I'll you're going to have fun. I'll bring my wife. She <laughs> loves ask tequila. Ask questions. Awesome. And and bravo to you for taking such good care of your partner. That's oh, so I'd love to have you on my show because I I have a syndicated show for caregivers. They need to hear your story, and you can push your book and your and your stuff. I'll, uh, I'll set that. up the publicists, Dave, and we'll see if we make Thank it. Thank you. I'm trying to let's, get you on for this. Thank for taking it on. Yes. It it's so a much. date. You heard it, Neil. Okay. I've heard it's it. We have to go on her. Okay. You have to have the drinks yes. with Suzanne today. Thank so, you so much. Facebook, check out Suzanne. I love you. I love you, too. Thank you. I love you more. All right. Have a Haley show, everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets. Celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. We're here at the Neil Haley Show on the ProVision Brokerage Celebrity Segment. And I'm excited to welcome the program. First of all, Eric Couch. Eric, how are you? I mean, I remember this guest. Many magazines, many times. Again, I'm uh, a, a born 1973, so I grew up remembering this unbelievable model entrepreneur everything so go ahead and introduce our guest eric so today we have none other than supermodel turned super mogul actress author entrepreneur humanitarian and my crush most of my you know teenage years kathy ireland kathy we are so excited for you to join us today oh uh, well eric and Neil, thank you so much. You were both too, too kind, but thank you. Yes. So thank you for being here. We look forward to hearing, you know, we, we want to talk about how you're living your legacy, right? Because that's, that's a lot about what we talk about here. But, but first, we want to kind of go back a little and hear kind of how, how it started and, and uh, how things have progressed because you have done so many things. You were on, what, 13 consecutive Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit editions. You've been in something like 40 movies. Uh, I've seen several of them, by the way. I've seen your comments about, you know, I, I share with people dark. I'm not an actress. I have the movies to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you've been an amazing entrepreneur. Holy cow. Talking about being an inspiration. 
not just to, I mean, to regardless of, of your, your sex to anybody that's gone, you know, I, I want to use the gifts that, that the Lord's given me today. And, but I, how do I really take them? And I mean, you have exploded from using every gift that you have and, and the world's seen that you're so much more than just your outside beauty, which you're stunning, but your inside beauty and intellect, I mean, a billion, a billion dollars a year in Kathy Ireland worldwide. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Well, you're very kind and thank you so, so much. And I have to say, um, of any month to be with both of you, I'm so happy to be with you in September because September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And mm -hmm. it is a privilege and a huge responsibility to serve as International Youth Chair for the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation. And Eric and Neil, I want to share just a, a little bit before we, we get into our conversation. I want to talk with you about this because um, this is so close to my heart. Every mm -hmm. single day, 43 children will be diagnosed with cancer. And that's heartbreaking because with COVID, I mean, cancer doesn't take a break. And tragically, less than 5% of cancer research funding goes toward pediatric cancer. And so what I want to share with your, with all of your listeners, with all of your guests, please, please, please visit nationalpcf.org. You can learn more. You can sign up and you can be on our Team 43. It's so fun. So the Team 43 Movement for Pediatric Cancer Awareness, you will be joining some amazing friends, uh, Billy Davis Jr. and Marilyn McCoo, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Williams, mm -hmm. The Prophet, Marcus Limonis, Bethany Hamilton, so many more, and uh, Eric and Neil, I'm hoping you'll join our team. And what you do is you, you get to do 43-somethings on social media. And because kids are so much fun and creative, we encourage that. You can bake 43 cookies. You can sing 43 songs. You can do 43 fun, silly things. And then we ask if people could please give, and they could give $43, $4.30, cents, $0.43, $4,300 or more, just increments of 43 is what it is, no matter how big or how small it's needed and appreciated to help these warriors battle against pediatric cancer. And then one final thing I have to share about this great organization, uh, because whether we're talking about traditional business or nonprofit business, the how is so important and the transparency of the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation is amazing. Charity, Navigate, Charity Navigator gave them a score of 100%. So it's, it's a wonderful group and I encourage everybody to get involved. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's such a powerful, you know, yes. you mentioned during COVID right now. It's, it's really I tough. I mean, everybody's hurting, but for these kids, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take a break. And you can't so. see mom and dad because they can't go in the hospital. Right, right. It's, I can't, like, as a parent, like, I can't, I can't imagine yeah. not being able to see my kids or, or to, as a child, to be able to see your parent when, wow, like, you know, I think a lot, I, I'm, I, I speak a lot about working with seniors because I lost my father due to poor care in a facility. I'm um, so sorry. And, you know, I got to, I got to stay with him the last three weeks of his life. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I've really just, I have such empathy for people that are in nursing homes right now because, right. you know, they'll give up, especially if they have Alzheimer's because they've got to have that advocate and that connection to the world. But, sure. but to think of, of a, of a child, you know, to think of a child that no. hasn't been able to, I mean, that's just devastating. That is just devastating. So it's yeah. tough. So I'm, I'm grateful for the two of you because you're yeah. reaching so many and uh, you, you have such positive messages. So thank you for the great work that you're doing. Oh, you're well, thank welcome you for what stuff. you're doing. Yeah. But so now Kathy, what made you want to be part of this organization to try to help this, this goal? What was the big wow that said, I really have to do this for kids and especially with cancer yeah. to see this, that I needed to see this through and do this. 
Oh gosh, uh, Neil. Well, I mean, cancer is such a monster. I, I sadly, I don't think any of us don't know someone who's been impacted by this. And um, our pastor's precious little girl Daisy went to heaven. She's a uh, battled cancer so bravely, and um, that impacted our family a lot. And uh, sadly, we've known um, other children who um, just valiantly battle this disease. So it's tough. They need our help. There's a lot of work to be done. And again, it's the majority of the funding doesn't go to children. So children really do need uh, those advocates. Now, where do things like, like, St. Jude and, and hospitals, like how does that play into it? Because that's a, Oh that's my a goodness, St. Jude does a wonderful job. We, we've uh, worked with St. Jude for years and I love their, their philosophy of, you know, just caring for your child and not worrying about the bills, but they do a wonderful job of raising funds uh, that are so needed for children um, suffering from all kinds of illnesses. So this would be, but this is going to be a hyper focus on cancer, and and it can cover where regardless of where they're at, right? Is that there? Of- and and it's it's an incredible uh, resource of scientists and hospitals across the country um, doing just incredible work. I mean, throughout the world. So. Yeah. Uh, serving as the international youth ambassador, it's it's a privilege and it's a uh, it's one I take seriously because um, there, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, definitely. And the world needs advocates. Yeah, yeah. Once you saw that you could be that beacon to help, because you saw, oh my gosh, this happened to our to someone close to us. That's when really the passion, just like everything you've done in business and everything you've done in your whole life, I got to do this to my best of my ability to help others, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, well, I, th- I think we're, we're grateful. And, you know, the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation, I, I just love that it, they've come up with such a fun way to get everybody involved. And that, um, I mean, it, we, we, can, we can give of our time, our talents, our treasure, and, uh, and that 43 cent gift, that adds up and that's important. So we thank everybody for, for all of their generosity. Every dollar counts. Yeah, it sure does. Everyone counts. All right. Now I know Eric has some questions, Kathy. I'm glad we talked about this first because then we can get in some of his favorite questions for Kathy Ireland because you get the, and, and go ahead, Eric, with your first question. Okay. So, so let's, let's, uh, and, and I, at the end, I want to hit, cause you, you've got a lot of humanitarian things that you do. So, uh, we can, we can come back to some of those, but kind of tell us about the beginning. How did you, how did you first get into modeling and then, um, you know, what were those years like? And then just kind of some of the progression there. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> it's been, it's been a journey. So modeling was never part of the plan. Uh, a scout offered me the opportunity to go to New York for the summer. I thought, well, you know, maybe I could earn some money to pay for college or start a business, but certainly wasn't part of the plan. Um, they advanced me the money to, to go out there for the summer eye-opening experience. Um, In fact, uh, I I wrote my first fiction, uh, just came out this year with my co-author, Rachel Van Dyken. She's a New York Times bestselling author, and it's called Fashion Jungle. And while it's fiction, it's based on true stories, things that I experienced in those modeling days, and uh, it's kind of a cautionary tale. During those modeling years, I tried and failed several businesses. And the reason that the modeling lasted as long as it did is because it took me a while to to get the business going. Started our brand in 93 with a single pair of socks. I was an aging pregnant model at my kitchen table. And, uh, and that that's where the brand grew. I mean, it was real grassroots foundation. It took out a loan to get started. Uh, You know, Myself and uh, John Carrasco, who would become our global creative director, he and I would load up the backpacks, we hit the road, presented the socks to retailers, 
And I, I mean, Eric and Neil, the, if you could just hear the doors slamming in our faces, it was, um, that was one of the gifts of modeling yeah. was all the rejection. And I didn't appreciate it at the time. But when somebody said no, that just meant, okay, now we're talking. I'll come back tomorrow. Maybe yeah. your circumstances will have changed or maybe you'll be in a better mood. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the early days, we slept in airports to save money. And oh some people think of that as a big deal. It was an adventure. And in it, whatever material thing you have to give up to live your dream it's not a sacrifice it's a bold investment and that bold investment made it possible for us to sell our 100 millionth pair of socks that was a that was a great day that was a, a big celebration and we're so grateful our brand has grown now to include a complete line of apparel, home products, oh diamonds, uh, fintech, uh, real estate, uh, entertainment. Uh, it's been wonderful. I've got incredible business partners. Many of us have been together for 31 years and we have wow. our millennial and our Gen Z team who were not born when we started, but it's really <laughs> great people. Now, yeah. Kathy, I, thinking about, you brought up when you were modeling, you try to start businesses then and you failed. A lot of entrepreneurs don't understand that we have to fail many times till we have our success. And a lot of the most successful entrepreneurs failed many times. So what can you share for other entrepreneurs in that mindset that you have to learn failure to have success? Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that I learned early on is you've got to have a passion for what you're doing. Because if you don't have a passion, it's not going to get you through those tough days when you're an entrepreneur you do pull a lot of 24 sevens and you, you bump into some rough stuff. So if you love what you're doing, you're just going to fight right through. One of my earlier ventures was, uh, was beer. I learned how to make it and a, a friend gave me a book and I'm not a very good cook and it turned out pretty good. So I got pretty carried away with myself. I thought I'm going to put all those brewers out of business. Next batch tasted like a science project. So that was pretty humbling, and I realized I, I needed some help, uh, two years, uh, financial investment, a lot of time, and I ultimately recognized that, I mean, the beer was fine, but I just didn't have a passion for it, right. so that went on. And another lesson I learned is people. It's, I, I believe in people before profits and the how, how people are treated. That's of critical importance. As a child, uh, my dad worked in labor relations. He worked with the farm workers in Cesar Chavez and how people are treated. Um, he would point out just a, a lot of atrocities that were happening as a child. We weren't allowed to eat grapes when I was a little girl. And uh, my dad was a, uh, critically responsible in getting outhouses placed in the fields so people could relieve themselves with dignity. So when we started with that pair of socks, uh, the how was a surprise factory inspection. Now, anybody can clean up if they know you're coming, but you learn a lot when you show up unexpectedly. And that's a practice that we carry today. And we have, we've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in our human rights contracts, and they're the toughest I'm aware of, but I'm always encouraging people, please, if you've got something better, please share it with us, because we've always got to grow. We've always got to do better. Well, and people will excel when they know that they're cared about, right? When you know that you truly care, and it's not just about money, they want to give their best. And, and it's a team. I mean, it, it's uh, we, we work together and it's wonderful to, um, to recognize that people at every level are, um, are taking great pride in the work that they're doing, um, the craftsmanship, the, the people who um, are driving the trucks and making it possible for the products to come to market and the, the, the multitude of jobs and so that gets us fired up. And I've got to say, since the time of COVID, our, our hearts, of course, are broken for everyone who is suffering through this. Um, I mean, our family's been impacted by this, as many have been. Uh, we're grateful that we've actually been able to grow during this time in an effort to 
work and come alongside small business because I really believe small business is the heart of this country and that's what's going to get us going again. So uh, Delivering Tools, our company developed at Kathy Ireland Small Business Network during this time as well as Kathy Ireland American Homes with our partner, Phil Baratelli and uh, just great people, Baratelli Properties. And these are affordable homes. Um, we're looking at, uh, with, with everyone we partner with, we ask them, well, we require them to come alongside one of our Millennium Development Goals. I worked with the UN on their youth program years ago. And those goals include everything from eradicating disease, hunger, poverty, supporting education. We've added supporting uh, care and support for our military veterans and their families, and also the fight against human trafficking. Uh, I mentioned those surprise factory visits. Uh, human trafficking is the fastest growing illegal business in the world. Unlike drugs, human beings are sold over and over. Yeah. and tragically when human beings are no longer profitable in the sex slave trade they're frequently sold into forced labor that's why we've got to know what's going on wow. in those factories so our partners join um, one of these nonprofits, and it, we don't require a monetary amount it could be volunteer days and that assures us that's what gets us excited gets us out of bed in the morning because we recognize that as a brand even though we're going into our 28th year we're a baby brand. We're just getting started. There's so much to do. And in success, these uh, initiatives are being accomplished. And um, as I mentioned, you know, KI American Homes, uh, this is a, a, a wonderful way to bring affordable housing to people in need throughout our country. That's great. And yeah. Kathy, when you talk about partnering with other businesses, when did you learn that process to say, okay, I can use my brand name, Kathy Ireland, and then, because you're going to get approached all the time. When you have a brand, people come to you and they ask you, I want to partner with you. I want to do something with you. How do you figure that out and say, these are good organizations? It sounds like you told me in a way, but that the mindset of that process to decipher between what's the right move and wrong move, because you're, you're a serial entrepreneur. You're not just one business, your multiple businesses, which is the most biggest challenge. An entrepreneur, one business, fine, but serial. So kind of explain that to us. Well, it, it starts with the house. It's the getting to know you process. And we encourage potential partners to kick the tires with us, ask the tough questions, hope for the best, plan for the worst. And just, we're very transparent. What you see is what you get. And we always, we kind of expect that other people are too. Uh, it's really about the people. And then something that many people say is counterintuitive, yet it works for us. And that's consider others as more important than yourself. Mm -hmm. So when we're contemplating a potential relationship, the question that our team has is, what can we do for you? What, how would partnering with us help you to scale? How would it help your business to grow? And of course, our, our company needs to grow as well. We're not a nonprofit, um, although sometimes our team members accuse, uh, accuse <laughs> of <laughs> being that. Um, but no, we recognize that um, we are a for-profit business. We're a private company and it is our success and our growth that allows us to do the things that are most meaningful to us. But it's really, it's that that getting to know you process. And once we have um, this, you know, those every I is, is dotted, every T is crossed, we put the contracts away, we, we treat each other as family. And we have partners that we've been with for decades and it truly is family and it, it makes it fun. I just, I think life is too short to not work with really great people. Yeah. So question for you, who, well, how, when did you realize that you wanted to be an entrepreneur and was there someone that, that encouraged you or, or mentored you early on that just gave you that desire? 
Well, I, I was kind of that pesky neighborhood kid that would go around door to door with my red wagon as a four-year-old <laughs> selling painted rocks. <laughs> and um, I, I remember one of my neighbors told me, he said, you're an entrepreneur. And I had no idea what that meant. Yeah, don't insult me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just, just always worked. My mom was uh, an amazing entrepreneur. She worked as a babysitter, an Avon lady. She started a house cleaning business and she, she used to make these halter gowns in the 70s to sell at beach fairs. And I would make jewelry to go along with it and we'd sell them together. And she uh, eventually went back to school to become a nurse. But I, I just watched, um, watched my mom using her gifts and her passions and pivoting, uh, just doing different things as different opportunities came up. And I just was so amazed, like, wow, she could do anything. And, and I love that. That gave me a lot of confidence too, as, as a model, because um, I recognized that I could do anything for a living. I didn't have to compromise my beliefs, my values for a job. I could do something else if that didn't work out. Yeah. That's really interesting because you learning that from your mom, built gave you that confidence how important is that in families to have to build people up at that time especially at those ages so that they can be able to overcome if there are challenges really um i i feel so grateful you know great mom and dad really very very grateful i've had some some great mentors in my life uh as I moved into business, I mean, Elizabeth Taylor, uh, what, a, what a privilege to get to work with Elizabeth and Elizabeth became family and just to learn from her genius, uh, business design, philanthropy, laser focus, so many lessons that yeah. uh, we continue to learn. Uh, Warren Buffett, who uh, just turned 90 years young. <laughs> um, what, uh, what an incredible leader. I met Mr. Buffett through Irv Blumpkin of the Nebraska Furniture Mart, our very first partner uh, in retail in the home industry, who took a chance on us when others were kind of mocking and laughing. And this is at a time when people who were known for other things uh, didn't have uh, brands of furniture. And such so, a humble, wonderful man, Irv. Just, yeah. just amazing guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So talk to me about, talk to us about um, the importance of having uh, mentors and counsel and, and picking, picking the right business partner, the impact that that has. Uh, it, it's huge. It's, um, I mean, the, the wrong partner it can, can be devastating to your brand. And we've been, we've been hurt. There's been times when people haven't, been transparent or they haven't you know we just kind of assume people say what they mean and mean what they say and not always the case uh we're, we're usually good at identifying that but sometimes um you know we're just not so a lot of lessons but that mentorship is is so important and i think it's it's available to all of us i mean we can read about people and i, I something i encourage our children is to be alert, pay attention, never put a mentor on a pedestal. We're all failed humans. We all make mistakes. Yeah. And I tell our children, I said, look, even with your dad and me, there's hopefully some qualities in us that, that you might like, you might want to emulate. Unfortunately, there's some funky behavior in us that we might not even be aware of. Wow. Reject that. You've got to be alert so that you can make a conscious decision to reject the negative and embrace the positive. And um, just never, you know, you can learn from your mentors, but learn from their mistakes too. And don't repeat those. Yeah. Now, identifying that that's got to be a challenge if you're working with a mentor to identify especially when you look up to that person saying well i want to be that person then you looking at what qualities to check off that yeah i really want these but mm, i don't know about this that's got to be hard right working. right no mo most definitely so i think um you know we've uh, we've been very fortunate to to work with um some great people um i mentioned Irv Blumkin in the Nebraska Furniture Mart, Michael Amini, 
Kathy Ireland home for our furniture and bush furniture. Um, just our diamonds um, with our partner, Paul Raps, New York, our intimate apparel and socks and children's book and American family insurance, our uh, resorts and estates. Um, some, some new companies that we're working with, Twinstar, uh, really, you know, talk about great people, Lisa Cody, um, Nurison, our partners in rugs, we've been with them for a long time, Pacific Coast Lighting, we've been with them for decades, and their leader, Clark Glinstone, he just won a big award, uh, really grateful for that. Um, Ireland Pay is another uh, a wonderful uh, segment of our business and just great people and um, with wonderful give back programs. Fantastic. So, so tell me about just listening to you today. Um, you know, I, I, I can tell that, that you're a person of, of faith. Um, so how does, how does your, how does your faith and relationship with God influence uh, your business and and working with people and just decisions that you make because I hear it throughout because it's who it's who I am so right so I just I I'm I'm hearing you know a dozen different things that you've said today that just let me know uh, um, well I gotta say with without um, my faith in Jesus I would I would not be here today <laughs> I would tell you that um, I'm so grateful for that relationship and um, our team is a, it's a wonderfully inclusive group of people of all different backgrounds. I don't um, impose my faith on anyone. I'll share it with anyone. I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it's tricky when, because we, we sell things and there's something that's, that I see a lot of and, and it's, it's concerning and prosperity gospel. Now, Eric, we're getting to that legacy question again because we are running out of time. But uh, she's talked; she's lived the legacy in this whole uh, time we spoke spoken to Kathy. But go ahead with your legacy question. So, yeah, final question: when you when you look at when you look at life, right? You know, supermodel to super mogul, and and author, and entrepreneur, and humanitarian, and wife and mom, um, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be your legacy? Uh, there's a song, I think, I think it's by Casting Crowns, and it says, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me, only Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I hope my life points to him. Very nice. Doesn't get any better than that. And uh, Kathy, where can we connect Thank with you? you? Best place to go for everything. And then also mention again, what's happening in September. It's for people tuning in so they can be part of this. Great. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, people can visit me, kathyireland.com. Also on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, love to connect with people. And September is National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and um, the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation, National Pediatric, uh, it, it, we'd love for you to visit the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation to sign up for Team 43 and that's nationalpcf.org and you can learn more and please uh, join our Team 43. 43. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Kathy, for stopping by. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. Thank you All both right. so much. Okay, guys, God that was you. the show. Take care, guys. Please listen to the Forletta podcast. Larry Forletta, a retired DEA agent turned private investigator, will bring you true life stories on the war on drugs with some of the most infamous international drug traffickers of all time, to name a few, Pablo Escobar, Manuel Noriega, Joaquin Guzman, aka El Chapo, and other related real-life crime stories such as Waco. For more information, please visit his website at www. 
fcisllc.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.